This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor, where those who think outside the box can create unique football bets from a combination of markets. Create your best bet with the innovative BetVictor Bet Builder. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. Back from Arfield. What a Berlin! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Oh, what a goal! What a goal from Robbie Blake! Burnley's first goal in the Premier League is something very, very special. Wade Elliott has that change of pace and he's got away from Montgomery. It's the path of McCann and the fire plays it in. What a strike from Wade Elliott. A bolt from the Clarence Blue. Oh goodness me! What a goal from Patterson! If that is to be the one that takes them to Wembley, you cannot argue with that. Pure quality. I mean, if there's any justice in the world, Burnley would surely score from this corner. Swung right in there. Ball in there. Yeah! Michael Kelly! 
Oh, that's Come justice! On! That is justice! And they have Burnley are level and deserve to be! Uh, hello everyone and welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game show with me, Joe Evan, head of another Lancashire derby this weekend as we take on Blackpool at Bloomfield Road. Looking forward to this one, should be three points, should be. I know we um, shouldn't really be underestimating teams, but with the form that they're in, one win in 17, one win in 17 compared to the form that we're in. Um, I don't even want to count how many wins, how many games we won it last 17, um, but it's over 10. Um but, uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Not just that as well. Obviously, another sold-out away end. Um, only a short journey. Um, yeah, really, really looking forward to this one. A um, few things to discuss as well before we get to the bones of the show, bringing the Blackpool fan in. Obviously, I just want to talk about Fleetwood and then the cup draw. Um, I, will, I don't want to criticise the lads too much, but I do feel that when we... Ch- I said this on Twitter, but I do feel that when we change our team around and we play more of our B-side in these games, they do look a little bit lethargic, don't they? They're not quick enough on the ball. It reminds me a lot of how we played earlier in the season, how the first team first team played earlier in the season. Um, you know, when we, were just, when we just weren't hitting the heights that we have since hit when we we're just being a little bit slow on the ball, like the Stoke home game, for example, the Blackpool home game, the Luton home game, the Hull home game, where we were just just not moving the ball quick enough. We were just a little bit slow. Looked like we we're still getting used to the system. That's how it looks when we when we make all these changes. Now you look at some of the players on the pitch. You know you've got Lyle Foster, cost us seven million pounds. Um, you've obviously got uh, Amin at the back. You've got Bailey. Some very very good players there, um, but I just I just sometimes feel that we just don't move it around as much. Twine as well, some very talented players on that pitch, uh, and when you look at that squad on paper and you see that they're lining up against a League One side, you're thinking should be a comfortable win. Now don't get me wrong, Fleetwood defended very very well. I think they blocked 13 shots, um, so uh, they defended well. Yeah, and I said it on the 60 second review last night. They had no interest whatsoever in playing football. Um, it's not a massive criticism. For the third time that I've said that, um, but that's just the way that they played. They played basically a flat back nine. They were just on the edge of the box, two banks of four, well, about one bank of four and a bank of five. It was a flat back nine, and just saying, right, breakers down, and no intention whatsoever to get forward. The stats told a story. Yes, people will look at that, and I've seen a few comments from you know opposition fans going, "Oh, you struggled to beat Fleetwood at home. Needed a last-minute goal again to beat you know ten-man Fleetwood at home." But it's it's more of an indictment of the way that Fleetwood set up and the way that they defended rather than how we how poor we were. Although we do that that beast that second string as we'll call them that it sounds better the second string do need to move the ball quicker they do need to be quicker in possession make better runs because when the substitutions were made when Teller came on and Derby Soglu came on and Cherlinov he looked good Cherlinov um, then we, we did look better when we moved the ball around we're making better runs and and obviously ultimately we scored the goal because of that so yeah. Um, so I'm buzzing at full time. And again, I'm just repeating what I've said on the 60 second review, but I know some of you won't, won't bother watching that. Um, buzzing at full time. I'm thinking, cup final, we've not been there since that day down at Watford, which 
we were, what, 2002, 2003? I can't remember. I think we lost 2-0 down at Vicarage Road. Thinking, we're, we're in the we're in a round with the word final in it. We have a chance of getting to Wembley. You've got teams like Sheffield United in the draw, who were beatable for us, in my opinion, especially at the turf. Um, them in the draw, very beatable, even if they have had an upturn in form. Uh, Grimsby, you know, um, I remember thinking, just get one of these. I'd, I'd, even, I'd have even took one of the Premier League sides at home, maybe apart from Man United or Man City. Um, but yeah, um, wasn't to be. Uh, we have got Man City again. Look, and I know I said, I said, I had a bit of a moan on Twitter yesterday, and someone even commented saying, Get a grip. I mean, a bit harsh, but um, I, I was a little bit down about it. Um, uh, but I'm looking forward to it because obviously we're going to go. Um, it's going to be a similar sort of atmosphere to this Blackpool game that we're coming, coming up to, obviously, that the show's about. Sold out away end, thousands of Burnley fans making a short trip. I'm sure we're all going to go. We're going to get behind the lads. We'll probably get the full away end. I remember playing them when we went one the up. We went one the up just after, just before half time, I think, or just after half time. I can't remember. And Barnsley scored, and we had that full away end behind the goal. All three tiers, I think, or just two tiers. I can't remember it was then. Um, I think it'll be similar. I think they'll give us a lot again, um, just like Man United did in the Carabao Cup earlier in the year. So, yeah, it, it, look, it, it, and some people have said it's a good, good test to see where we're at. I don't agree with that because we're never going to be at the city level. Um, and it's a case of, oh, we only lost 3-0 this time instead of, or 3-1 instead of 5-0. That means we're better than what we were two years ago. No, a good test would have been to play somebody like, you know, Southampton if they'd have got through or Leicester if they'd have got through. Um, that would have been my dream game. I kept saying to people, I hope we get Leicester. This is obviously before they beat Blackburn. Uh, I hope we get Leicester because that would have been a good away day. Decent ground, not too far. We'd have all gone, took good numbers and they're beatable as Blackburn showed. They're beatable. Um, so I would be disappointed that Blackburn beat them, not because Blackburn won a match, although there was a slight bit of disappointment in there because of that. Um, but yeah, I felt like that would have been the perfect quarterfinal. Leicester away or, or, or Leicester at home. Um, I, th- I think we'd have won either of them with the way that we're playing at the minute. Um, but anyway, that's enough about the cup. Um, let's get into the Blackpool game. Uh, I just want to say as well, obviously, this traditional camera angle that I've always had, uh, well, since I've changed my camera angle at the start of the season, um, does change if you're watching on YouTube because I had some camera issues. Um, so it does change a little bit. But I'm delighted to bring in Tom, and he's from the Up the Mighty, Mo- Up the Mighty Pools podcast. How you doing, mate? You all right? Not too bad, thank you. Um, yeah, all right. Now I'm at work, but when Saturday comes, I might not be all right. But we'll, we'll get <laughs> you might that. be all right. You might be all right before the game, but then uh, fingers crossed yeah. after the game, <laughs> you're not. But um, yeah, I've yeah. spoken to two Blackpool fans so far already, and confidence does seem to be a little bit low going into this game. Are you echoing them sentiments? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been a horrific season, I'd say. Burnley's quite a good um, yardstick to use, really, for our season because if you think back to the reverse fixture at uh, Turf Moor, we were in a decent form. Michael Appleton was starting to implement a style of play. We were offering uh, something to the game, some form of performance. And you always backed us. I, I sat there at half time and thought, we might get something here. And we did. And I was really proud to be a Blackpool fan that day. Um, there's not been many positives since. It's been you know, Appleton had a bit of a, a nightmare run of fixtures. Unfortunately, had to go in the end. Some fans probably said he had too long. Others said he didn't have long enough. Probably somewhere in the middle. But then since Mick McCarthy's come in, it's been an absolute disaster. We don't look like we can kick a ball to teammates. Confidence is at an all-time low. Quality is at an all-time low. So I, I really can't see us picking up many points between now and the end of the season unless, unless something drastically changes. 
So what's gone wrong then? Obviously, you said you were looking at yourselves at Turf Moor uh, at the start of the season, backing yourselves to get a point despite being 3-1 down. What's gone wrong? Where's, you know, obviously you, you don't sound very confident now. You said you're not very confident. So so what's gone wrong in between now and then? I don't know because it's the same players, isn't it? Um, the manager's obviously changed and clearly he's not managed to make a mark on the squad at the moment. He's, he's said a few, you know, he'd probably read into managers' quotes a little bit too much sometimes, but... He didn't sound massively equipped for the job when he came in and he said he'd seen half a game somewhere along the line and, and we didn't look too bad. And I thought normally these modern day managers tend to look at, you know, they come with a pack of video analysis ready to sort of implement their style of play on the team and know exactly which the best players are. He seems to be looking here, there and everywhere at what his best system is, what his best players are, who he can trust, who he can't trust. It's like starting from scratch and we don't have that time to learn on the job. We need someone who's going to come in. He'd, appointing Mick McCarthy, you'd expect to have a bit of a bounce and, and some form yeah. of reaction from the players, but that simply hasn't happened. Um, and if a couple more results happen, like last weekend, when we lost 3-0 at Reading, which is never good for any team at any level, really, in my opinion, then, you know, we're right up against it. We, we, we're not that far adrift. There's still that, there's a bit of a gap, but there's Rotherham and Cardiff there to, for the taking, but we can't seem to pick up as many points as they are, and that gap's just getting bigger. Yeah, just looking at the league table now, of course, you're in 23rd on level on points with Huddersfield, who are directly above you. Then there is that little gap that you mentioned, but it's only four points to Cardiff, um, so they are definitely there for the taking. Then and then there's another two points to Rotherham, yeah. and another three points to Birmingham. So I can see what you're saying. I can see now you probably are getting a little bit anxious about that gap. Um, and your results recently... Um, not horrendous. Um, uh, well, not great, should I say, but not not all not horrible. <laughs> Obviously, losing last time out to Reading, you mentioned that one. A battling defeat against a good it pains me to say it, an informed Blackman side. I'll, I'll stop short of saying good. Um, but then you beat Stoke um at Bloomfield Road. Um, but then again, uh, some some poor results again. Um, losing to Swansea, they were okay, they're hit and miss. But then there's two ones here that's probably defining your season at the minute, isn't it? Drawing at nil nil at home to Rotherham and drawing at two two at Huddersfield. Do you think looking back to them two games there, that's kind of like sort of like highlighted the issues in the season that you're not beating them sort of sides? Yeah, absolutely. So we've won one in seventeen games. Let's get that straight. So we're on a um, that, we're on yeah. a dire run of form. I did scroll that far back, to be fair, but yeah, that, yeah. that, that, is, that isn't good. Um, we did have that win against Stoke, which maybe um, you know changes the angle slightly. And we've had a couple of draws in there against teams that are around us. But you've got to be winning. You've got to be picking up points. We we dropped into the relegation zone uh, in about November time, just before the World Cup, and we hadn't been in that. We hadn't really seen ourselves likely to go down at that point up until we dropped into it. And since we've been there, we've been the worst team in the league. We haven't looked yeah. like getting out of it and we're getting worse as the season goes on. So, yeah, I'm, I am worried and I can't see it turning around because Rotherham are picking up points, Cardiff are picking up points, Huddersfield aren't probably similar boat to us. But, yeah, we're we're looking like we're getting overtaken by Wigan more quicker than we'll be actually getting on the teams above us, in my opinion, at this moment in time. Yeah, well, we could have a big say in it because obviously we had Huddersfield last week and I can tell you now that they are absolutely dreadful. They offered absolutely nothing. We carved them open. I've seen you live once at the turf this season. You were much better than Huddersfield were that day. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. a lot of things have changed since then, to be fair. Um, and obviously, we've got you guys next and then we've got Wigan after that. So, you know, three three teams down there who, who you know, we, we really could have our say in it. But um, you mentioned there you don't, you don't think you'll get out of it. So that was my next question, like, where do you think you'll finish at the end of the season? Are you expecting mm. to go down then now from this position? 
Yeah, I, I think we'll finish bottom. I honestly do. And I'm, I'm being negative. And if you've spoken to me last season or the other part of this season, you realise this isn't my normal sort of um, attitude. But I'm really at a loss as to what's gone wrong since Neil Critchley left. I did worry because the squad was, you know, average at best in the Championship and Critchley got the absolute most out of those players. So you worry. And then Appleton was a underwhelming appointment. I think the only two positives for this season is the, the Burnley away game, which... We were delighted to get a point there, and then we beat PNE, didn't we, as well? So that, that goes without saying that we always beat them. But um, I think if we can somehow manage to avoid defeat on Saturday and get another three points against them, then we'll go down. But at least we, uh, at least we got the bare minimum, I suppose, with, with that. So yeah, there's not many positives to take, and hence why I'm clutching at those two um, results as, as some form of positive from this season. But it's just been a catalogue of errors from start to finish. And unfortunately, we, it just feels like we need that rebuild. Probably how you got in the Premier League a couple yeah. of years ago. You just think the manager's not right. We need to just regroup, rebuild, have a bit of a clean slate and go again. So definitely feels like that. But if, you know, who knows? A couple of wins might just turn the tide a little bit and start fighting for the manager and all pull in the same direction. We might have half a chance, dare I say. Yeah, I know what you mean, though. I think, uh, obviously, relegation is sometimes seen as this big, massive, you know, horrendous thing. And don't get me wrong, I was sat there at the turf in May after we got beat against Newcastle thinking, Jesus, we can't believe we're going back down to the Championship. But it's it's been the best season of my life, I think, following Burnley. Um, and we've had a rebuild. We've had a completely new squad, new manager, complete change of style. So, yeah, Blackpool could be looking towards that maybe next season if the what seemingly inevitable does happen. Um, you mentioned Critchley there. I do want to talk about him because obviously he left and he left in sort of like controversial circumstances. How did you feel at the time? Because obviously he went to a bigger club, which, you know, is, I, I hate that sort of phrase, yeah. but, you know, it's fact. Um, but he went for obviously the assistant role. So I presume it left a bit of a sour taste with Blackpool fans. Gutted, yeah. Really gutted. It was, I still remember, I've, I've not got over it since, honestly. <laughs> um, I just looked at my phone and um, saw the news out of absolutely no way, you know, when you just get totally struck by surprise, there was no link yeah. of, oh, we might be in for this job. I thought, I thought we were sort of clear of him taking a championship job and then I couldn't see him being favoured for a Premier League job. So I felt quite safe in that we'd have him for a few years unless something like Rangers came up or something like that. Yeah. And suddenly he's, he's going to put the cones out for Steven Gerrard at Aston Villa, which <laughs> you knew that that sort of challenge wasn't going to work. You know, you knew, I, I had the feeling that Gerard Lampard and such like, we're all going to get the sack at some point in this season. So I could see that coming a mile off. He didn't see it coming. Managed to do a couple of months and then he's ended up at QPR and got the boot there as well, which was slightly surprising. But yeah, we've just absolutely not recovered from it. And I guess you could argue this is the type of thing that makes you and makes the board. And, and if we'd have recovered, um, then you could say, I would. every Blackpool fan would have said fair play to the board. We, we didn't just need Critchley to, to get the success. There was actually some foundations behind that, that that allowed it to happen. But we've clearly shown our worst fears, which was that it was purely built by Critchley. We maybe got a little bit lucky with that appointment and he got the best out of the team and got us out of the League One. But foundations of sand at the moment, because as soon as he's gone, what we thought might happen has happened in that it's just all fallen apart. We've got no quality in this division. We've got a lot of players that are either out of contract or, or out of form. And uh, it really does look like we're absolutely back to square one, which is really disappointing. And, and sadly for Critchley, he'll have no legacy. He's, he's left in in bad circumstances. So the fans don't have any any positive words to say about him in terms of 
him as a manager now. We didn't, none of us really wanted him to, to see him succeed, unfortunately, um, which I couldn't see happening when he was our manager. I, I thought he'd go on and do great things, but nobody wants that anymore. And sadly, um, we, we'll, you know, our, our form has dipped since then, so we've got nothing to show for what he achieved at, at his time at the club either. Yeah, you say that a lot of fans do feel quite negative about him, but obviously you potentially going down, Mick McCarthy could be out of a job. He's currently out of a job. Would you take him back next season in League One, Critchley? I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't think about it, honestly, because football is a cynical world, isn't it? Um, I'd prefer we didn't go down that road. There surely must be other coaches out there and you'd want to do something once bit and twice shy and all that. You don't want to... um, he really got the fan base and he really got everyone pulling in the right direction, which is why it hurt when he went. But yeah. I don't think he'd ever recover that sort of feeling around the club again. So to actually achieve something that we thought we were onto with him, then we'd probably have to get a new face in that's got a clean slate. When you go back, when you got Michael Appleton came back, as soon as he gets that bad run of form, it's, you know, the fans are on your back. Same with Simon Grayson. I know he, he went to Preston as well and things like that. So we don't... We don't tend to forget as Blackpool fans and, and give people uh, the, the you know the, the benefit of the doubt. It tends to be uh, once you've hurt us, we don't forget. So I'll probably yeah. look at a new manager, a new young, young up and coming coach, similar mould to Critchley if we can. But yeah, just not him. I think would be the uh, the ideal. Yeah, it looks like you feel the same way that we do about Owen Coyle. You know, it's a long time ago now that Owen Coyle did what he did to us, but, you know, the wounds yeah. are still there. Even though Dyche and company have helped heal them wounds, I still, still say a few choice words when his uh, face randomly appears on my TV. Um, usually when <laughs> Burnley are playing and he's in the in the pundit seat for some reason. Um, I do like to get rival fans, and it's always good to get Lancashire rivals fans as well, their opinions on Burnley and what we've done this season, because obviously we're, we're flying away with the league. Um, some people will just sit there and go, oh, well, you've spent X amount of money, you should do. But when the you know we were in the position that we're in in the summer, losing Dash just before the the end of the season, obviously having to bring company in, losing I think it was fourteen players, having to bring sixteen in, I don't think many people, even the most hardened of Burnley fans, would say no. I, I, I felt we would run away with this league, and we, we've we've done brilliant. It's like I said earlier, it's the best season I've ever had as a Burnley fan, and that's saying something because we've won this league before. We finished seventh. I watched. I went to Olympiacos to watch them. You know, but this is still probably my most enjoyable enjoyable fa- um, season as a fan. So, what are your thoughts on what Burnley have achieved this season and, and how we've done it? It is impressive, isn't it? I must admit, I don't like to look at the league table when we're at the bottom of it. So, I've not paid as much attention as um, I normally would do. But every time I've seen you play, you look full of quality and playing football in the right way. It's very interesting to see how, um, you know, it, it's easy to see Burnley as the the anti-football Sean Dyche sort of um, yeah. that, oh, that was the, a perfect fit for Burnley because of the town and the history and such like so I was surprised that they've gone a different route and I probably expected it to be a bit more challenging than it has been so clearly some top class recruitment it's, it's almost from a you wouldn't say a standing start because you've been in the Premier League but to go from totally not playing that brand of football to suddenly yeah. being masters of it has been very impressive to be fair to Vinton Company after we had a tough time at Antwerp, particularly at the start. So, yeah, it's been quite uh, impressive to see. Um, and it looks like you'll run away with the title. Um, there's not that many teams up there, rather, there's only a couple towards the top. So, you've not got that many challenges, which is probably would be the one interesting thing to see how you get on next season when there's you know, every game is, is tough. Whereas yeah. at the moment, you've got a few free hits at home a little bit, especially in the position you've worked yourselves into. But, yeah, absolutely. 
astonishing job he's done and fair play to him um, but the, the obviously the game I did see when we I went to Turf Moor there was that fragility at the back wasn't there and a bit of uh, there was a couple of red cards for other team as well so a couple of question marks over some of that but you've obviously bounced back with, with some consistent form and some really good some good football as well yeah, 12 points we are clear at the top of the league now um, on Sheffield United and even more um, on uh, Middlesbrough as well. So, yeah, it's looking pretty much sound sealed delivered. The only issue is we've still got to play them away from home. Um, and it's looking, obviously, we were supposed to play them the week of the quarterfinal of the FA Cup, but both of us have got through to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. So now it's looking like that is going to be, well, it is going to be postponed, but it's looking like it's going to be moved to like the second to last week of the season when everything would have been sort of bad then for us so my worry is that we might have took our foot off the gas a little bit but I know a lot of Burnley fans mm. will say company won't let that happen company won't let that happen but yeah just going back to that game obviously earlier in the season I know you mentioned it a couple of times um, but yeah the fragility at the back it, I think you played us at the right time we were struggling at that point uh, we had a, quite a few poor home draws at Luton who ended up doing quite well this season to be fair uh, Stoke and yourselves as well um, but since then Bayer's come into the squad and done very well we've signed Ekdal as well Taylor Harewood Bellis has kind of grown into his own I mean I don't know how much you've seen of Burnley as well this season but now we have conceded the least in the league so that doesn't tend to be there so that brings mm. me nicely on to sort of like how you think the game's going to go because I've not seen much of Blackpool. <laughs> I've not seen much of Blackpool to be honest, because you're not on the, for some reason you're not on TV regularly. Um, yeah. I obviously watched you at the turf. I think I did watch you against Preston on uh, my perfectly legal streaming device. Um, but it's it, it seems to me like I don't know, like you don't really have an identity at the minute. Um, from what I'm hearing off all the Blackpool fans, are you not sure yeah. what your best players are? And you kind of said the same thing earlier. So how were you expecting Blackpool to sort of like? go into this game like what sort of tactics are you expecting the uh the seasiders to employ I, I hate the words that are about to come out of my mouth because they're so negative but i think it's a one man up front try and get the ball forward quickly try and make something happen on the break um try and frustrate burnley try and get bodies around the, the back um and mm. keep it tight for 20 minutes and then see what happens before half time and hope that it stays nil nil as long as possible few of the dirty tactics of the game, probably. You'll expect to see the long, the launching from the goal kicks, the launching from free kicks. There's no sh- sort of short passing happening under Mick McCarthy, so it's very much percentage football, as you might call it, to be polite. Um, and, yeah, I, would, I think he's still trying to work out his best team, so you might see Perveda in there, you might see Bowler. You won't see too many of those creative players, but you might see two or three, and then they'll be trusted with trying to go and try and make something happen in the final third. What we do have is is the home support. So when we're playing towards the north, we, we tend to get behind the players. And even if we're one or two nil down, we won't be turning on the team. We'll be encouraging and letting the likes of Josh Bowler go and do it. Get the shackles off. Whatever you've been told by the management, go and play a game. And Josh Bowler on his day is still one of the best players in the championship. So he you never know. He might create a moment of magic for himself or somebody else. And if he can nick a goal, then... Goals change games, don't they? But initially, I would say certainly the as you would expect, try and frustrate someone while you're at home. Try and keep you know set pieces, be switched on, and just do the basics right. And then from there, hopefully, we'll try and build something in the game and keep it tight for as long as we can and try and nick something. 
Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of teams kind of fall into the trap of you can't really just sit back and play negative football at home. You have to try and have a go at them. And then you're just playing into our hands, really. We will just pick you off. Uh, Norwich, perfect example of that. Um, do you think you'll let us have a lot of the ball then? Are you expecting just to sit back and, and say to Burnley, right, if you want to get rounders, you've got to pass it rounders and we'll be organised and, and, and in this two banks of four? Like we played Fleetwood like the, last night in the Cup and... They practically played a, a flat back nine, you know what I mean? So just just constantly just there. You know, you'd expect it from from a, a League One, I think Fleetwood are um coming to Turf more, especially when they got down to sent that sent down to ten men. Um they changed to a flat back eight, but they just refused to play any football whatsoever, which isn't a criticism, that's just what they did. Are you expecting Blackpool to do something like mm-hmm. that then? I would have thought so, yeah. You you might see three in the centre, so it might be eight and then three in the attacking phase, but um I would have thought eight or nine, if not ten, behind the ball and get one or two up front. And sadly, that's just the state of, of where we are as a team. I think going back to what we were trying to do earlier in the season, we, you know, Critchley was very good at what he did and I loved it, but he was a little bit restrictive and used his assets well. Um, Appleton's come in and tried to be expansive, been caught out, been too open, considered too many goals. And Mick McCarthy's gone further the other way to try and really tighten it up, but... Yeah, the results haven't shown for it. You're playing poor football and you're losing three 0 at Reading. So um, there's not much positive to take from it. So I guess uh, that's that win against Stoke, the one nil. Um, we took a chance and managed to keep it tight at the other end, and they hit the crossbar and we had made some world class saves. And suddenly you're coming away with a one nil win and everything looked rosy. So it'll probably be very much a similar tactic here. Try and keep it a zero behind you and then um, see what happens with a bit of magic at the other end. Yeah, predictions then. What sort of scoreline are you um, expecting on Saturday? I think we'll score. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my my uh, optimistic head on and say we'll score. Um, <laughs> that's as optimistic as I can get. Um, I'll probably go with a two-one narrow defeat. Um, I think it might be level for for a little bit of time, and then you'll score the opener. And then you know whether it goes two-nil or one-one is quite a crucial critical point of the game, isn't it? So I go with a narrow defeat. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, I'm expecting a Burnley win. Um, I think we've just been in great form recently. We haven't lost since, what, November at Bramall Lane. Lost only twice all season. Uh, went through a phase this season where we won 10 in a row. Um, and then well, my only worry with Burnley at the minute is we have got a lot of in- injuries. So, again, it might be getting to a part of the, the season where it's a good time to play us. Um, but thankfully, um, you know, we're not playing Sheffield United or, or them, you know, at, at the minute. Um, I still think we'll have enough quality to be able to, to get the win. So I, I, I'd say something similar. I think it'll be tight for a bit. I think you'll try and frustrate us, but I think ultimately we'll we'll just have enough quality to to, um, to edge you out. Um, I'm going on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. I've not been to Bloomfield obviously for a while because we haven't been in the same leagues for a while. Mm. Um, Might be a while again until the next one as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would say fingers crossed, but obviously not with the position that you're in. I didn't mean it in that sense. Obviously, we was going up yeah. and hopefully staying up. Um, but it'll be interesting to see next season, like you said, to see how we do play and how we get on. Because there's going to be games where we don't see the ball um, a lot. Of our, our thing at the minute is having the ball. Um, so it'll be interesting to see next season. Um, obviously, some good memories at Bloomfield as well, but some bad memories. I remember going, um, I can't remember what year it was. I'm just looking at your head-to-heads now. Uh, I think we lost 3-1 in 2011. And I just remember, you know, 4-0 that, right? Yeah, 4-0 we lost in, in like 2012. And you had that song, that like, glad all over. You don't, don't still play that, do you, when you score? No, that's gone now with the old German. So, new era now. Thank God for that. I hated that. But anyway, uh, it's been a pleasure, mate. I appreciate that. Uh, you, I know you're working as well, so I do appreciate you shoehorning me in. 
Uh, thanks for coming on the show. No you just want to let everyone know where they can find you in the podcast and if anyone wants to listen to any Blackpool content. Yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at UTMP underscore. And we're also available on Spotify. Just search Up The Mighty Pool on all the relevant social channels. You'll find us. We're also on upthemightypool.co.uk. Now, somebody appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming on, mate. And good luck for the rest of the season, of course, after Saturday. Nice one. Enjoy it and uh, enjoy the ride in the Premier League. And then we might see you in a few years. Hopefully in the cup competition. Maybe, mate. Maybe. Else. Hopefully you come up for it playoffs again or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice one, mate. Cheers. Right. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.